It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every single day of the week here on the show. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify and all of the other podcasting platforms out there. And be sure, every Friday... To send me in your weekly Friday mailbag questions, you can do that by following me on Twitter at Julian Council, then adding me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council. Make sure those get those questions in by Thursday afternoon, and then I answer them on Friday, like I'm going to do today on the show. But before then, want to do a quick housekeeping things, a few thoughts on some things I've seen recently as it pertains to your Carolina Panthers. Well, our Carolina Panthers. Quick update here. On a few guys, uh, Shai Smith and Stephon Gilmore both went on the reserve COVID-19 list on Thursday, likely to be out on Sunday. Gilmore was unlikely to play anyway when he was dealing with that groin injury, and very likely this might be the last time we ever see Stephon Gilmore in a Carolina Panthers uniform, which is unfortunate. The excitement that I had and that a lot of y'all had, I think everyone had, when the Panthers traded away a six-round pick in the 2023 draft for Gilmore from New England when the thought was he was going to go sign up a contender. That day, instead, he came to Carolina, came back home, played well when he had the opportunity to play, and unfortunately had an injury, and being a free agent coming up, I imagine Stephon Gilmore is going to be looking for the best possible situation where he knows that he can win, and that probably is going to involve a team that has a quarterback, which the Carolina Panthers unfortunately do not have right now. They have guys playing the position, but not playing the position well enough in order to be a contender, which is the main issue here in Carolina, along with the offensive line. Shai Smith's rookie season comes to a close after really not making much of a dent start off the year with a shoulder injury that did not require RR, but no, didn't really do much of the, anything. So hopefully Shai Smith can uh, recover quickly, be be happy, be healthy. Same thing with Stephon Gilmore, and we'll see him later on in 2022. Uh, Gross Matos is also on the list. Maybe he comes back on Sunday, but likely probably not going to be the case. CJ Henderson was limited with a knee in practice. That's important because the Carolina Panthers are very thin at corner. As I just mentioned, Gilmore was going to be out on Sunday either way. Key Taylor or Sean Melvin, the only available cornerbacks at the moment that are not on the practice squad. Miles Hartsfield's also available, but he plays primarily at the nickel spot. Wide receivers, another spot that's thin. Robbie Anderson held out again on Thursday at practice with a quad injury alongside uh, Sean Chandler, the starting safety. He's been out with a quad so he hasn't practiced the last couple of days. Robbie Anderson, if he's out, that means DJ Moore, Alex Erickson, and Brandon Zilstra would be the only healthy wide receivers available on the active roster. So basically, that's just DJ, who's had a phenomenal season again, despite the, court, the poor quarterback play, which has been a common theme throughout his career so far here, early on in Carolina. Zilstra's had some moments. Erickson, uh, so there's always the option of bringing up Keith Kirkwood, CJ Saunders, and Willie Sneed from the practice squad if need be. So there's some updates on some players and their availability. A uh, few other things, too. So I saw on 
Wednesday evening following the Hornets win over the Detroit Pistons, a team that the Hornets have absolute ownership at this point in time over, uh, there were some fans who decided to do a fire rule chant behind Ashley Shamity and Wes Bryant on the Bally Sports Southeast broadcast, if you are even able to watch the games, because Bally's makes it next to impossible, unless you have Spectrum or DirecTV, or, you know, can find a legal internet stream to watch the the, watch the Charlotte Hornets basketball games, which is annoying, because they're a fun team to watch, and they are really the only professional team here in town that is worth watching at this point in time. So it was a great game, great win for the Hornets, and fans, obviously, there's crossover, because if you're living in Charlotte and you're a sports fan, in all likelihood, especially if you grew up here, you're going to be a fan of both the Panthers and the Hornets. I don't really, never seen them being as separate things, unless you're someone who just, you know, came from somewhere else where there's not an NBA team, you decide I'm going to adopt this team. But either way, I've always grouped the two in together, as if you're a Charlotte sports fan, you like the Hornets and the Panthers. So there's obviously going to be the frustration carrying over from the Panther fans or also Hornets fans, and they want to go out there and let their voices be known. And they want to send out a message to David Tepper. They've done it in the stadium before when they chanted fire rule and they booed the team. So it's not like it's something that David Tepper hasn't heard or seen before. But in that moment, in the concourse after the Hornets game, they decide they're going to do a fire rule chant, which by all means, if you want to do that, Go ahead. Knock yourself out. I I understand the frustration. I'm not against the frustration. Do I think it's like the best thing to do to say, hey, fire this coach? I don't think it's great karma. I don't think you would appreciate someone came to your job and said, hey, this guy sucks. Let's fire him. I, I don't think that's necessarily the, uh, the, the greatest and most kindest thing to do. We're not very, we're not very a kind of society anymore in America anyway. And maybe I'm just being soft and all that. But I'm just pointing out, I, I just don't. You know, I think it's poor taste. Is it classless? That's really up for you to decide. But, um, you know, my buddy Christian Aldi, he works as a producer for Charlotte Sports Live over on the Fox 46 channel. I think they've changed their name to like Queen City News or whatever. But um, I, I, I like Christian and Christian comes from Philly. So Philly, as we know, is a tough sports town like Boston, like New York. They're very passionate. But sometimes that, pa- sometimes that passion gets out of control and they throw like batteries at Santa Claus and like they heckle people and they harass opposing fans. And that's just not necessarily the greatest reputation to have is what the Philadelphia fans have. Even though I've been to Philly, I've gone to sports games there. I had a good time. I was cheering for the Eagles in the situation. I would never go to Philadelphia Phillies game as a Braves fan and wear Braves attire. Not going to do that because I don't want to have to deal with that smoke. But that's just their mentality and they're fine with doing that and they want that reputation I don't necessarily want Charlotte to have that reputation but he puts out here on Twitter last night only reason I actually okay with it in terms of fans doing a fire rule chant is it shows that Charlotte is finally becoming a legitimate sports town I've never seen fans be so passionate as they have been about the Hornets and Panthers of late Um, more people are tuning in sports radio slash CSL more people showing out which yes there's been a ton of passion around the Hornets recently because of Lamelo Ball coming here and what Mitch Kupchak's been able to do turning that around the organization, James Borrego and Miles Bridges and Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, all the great players that they have right now. And they're a fun team after they've just not been fun at all. And the Panthers, there's plenty of people who have the passion that was built up over the last decade with Ron Rivera and Cam Newton, Lee Keekley and Thomas Davis and all those great players that we've had. And now the last four years have been very frustrating under the ownership of David Tepper. And people are ready to go back to the playoffs. And Charlotte's been like a young sports town. 88 is when the Hornets came. Then what, 95, the Panthers came. There's been 27 seasons. So it's young. I'm a part of that generation at 28 going on 29 here in a couple weeks where I grew up in this town 
with both teams and going to all these games. And now I've come back and then my friends, they're having kids who are going to end up being Panther fans. So there's that next generation coming and it just takes time. Like we haven't had teams as long as cities like Boston and Philadelphia and New York. So it's been a young market, but I don't believe that it hasn't been a legitimate sports town. Like we have two of the four major professional sports in Charlotte. I think Charlotte became a legitimate sports town when the NFL decided back in the mid-90s that they wanted to come here in large part because of the fan passion that they saw with the Hornets where they sold out every game for the first four or five seasons. Like, that is awesome, and passion is great to have. Now, let's not confuse passion with fanaticism and groupthink and some of the ridiculous things that we see from some of those northeastern markets where they make it impossible. Like Matt Nagy, the head coach of the Chicago Bears, who's about to lose his job can't even go see his kid play basketball at his high school because he's getting harassed. Like, do we want that reputation? I certainly don't. And my larger point here, it's not that you can't boo the coach or say you want him fired. Like, go ahead. I don't necessarily think it's the most becoming thing, but it's, again, not a, not a huge deal. And Matt Rule said it doesn't really bother him. He understands like he's got to be better, and he's come from that environment before. But either way, for me, to be a legitimate sports town, like I don't really subscribe to that you have to have this certain fan behavior. Like Charlotte is Charlotte's already there in terms of being a legitimate sports town because we have two major professional sports teams. We're getting an MLS team. We're a growing city where there's industry coming here and people care about these teams. They always have cared about these teams. Maybe they're expressing themselves more than they ever have before because people have grown up with these teams and now they feel more of an emotional attachment than they did when they, they came here at first where it's like, oh, cool, this is great. They're here. But when you grow with the team for over two decades, then you kind of have that personal relationship and you can go back to the memories that you had with your siblings or with your parents and whoever your friends, that's where it becomes more emotional. That's where I think that the real changes come. I don't think the changes come because you have the roaring riot. You have the crown club, which I think they do fantastic jobs. And I like the, the, the Kent brothers a lot. And I like what, um, with uh, Josh Klein and um, what Zach Luttrell and all those guys do over at the at the Roaring Riot. I respect what they do, and I appreciate that they're trying to cultivate this fan culture and all that. I just don't necessarily believe that in order for Charlotte to be a legitimate sports town, that we need to be heckling coaches and people and harassing folks and then like throwing out obscenities and telling people to go kill themselves and that, all that kind of stuff and sending death threats like – is that mean that we're a legitimate sports town? And not everyone's doing that. Like, there's a small minority that does that. And it was a small minority that wanted the attention and did it last night and ambushed Athlete Shamity and Wes Bryant during their live broadcast talking about a very good Hornets win to make it all about themselves because they don't like the head football coach because he's falling short of expectations in his first two years. And you have your right to be frustrated by that. I've said that multiple times. You can do that. I just don't really subscribe to oh, hey, we have to act like Philadelphia and New York and Boston and Chicago, those other big old sports cities to be a legitimate sports town. Charlotte already is. We have our own culture, our own ways of doing things. And some people express themselves in different ways. doesn't mean a majority of people are going to express themselves in different ways. So I want to go ahead and use this platform that I have here to talk to you, the fan, about my feelings about this and try to express it in more than 280 characters on Twitter and have some sort of nuanced conversation with you. And you can always respond to me and I will respond back as long as, you know, I have the energy to do it and it's a civil conversation. So appreciate um, everyone out there for doing it. Also, one last thing before getting to your questions. This might be a long uh, episode. Uh, Steve Smith Sr. had something to say on Twitter on Thursday in reaction to a quote from Jeff Nixon, and I got to find it because I had it right here on the pod when I was looking it up. 
Okay, so Joe Person put this quote out there that Jeff Nixon, the OC right now, current OC at least, play caller, whatever he is, um, said that the Panthers are closer than people think in terms of making noise in NFC. Steve Smith Sr. said, Do the Carolina Panthers know their own deficiencies? Because the fans that watch every week and the opponents they play every week seem to know the Carolina Panthers' deficiencies. And someone said, tell it like it is, Agent 89, the cold hard truth starting staring them in the face. They still deny it. He said, I'm not trying to talk bad about my team, which he puts in all caps. Yes, I said my team. Just wondering if the sugar water they are drinking is crystal light to compete in the NFC South and the league. You need to have some Kool-Aid, that real, real. So I love Steve Smith and I love how he's chiming in. But there's another Carolina Panther. Well, really, the only Carolina Panthers great who's been critical of this team. Uh, we saw Trey Boston, who I wouldn't consider a Carolina Panthers great by any stretch, but uh, he's a guy who played for Matt Rule last year before being released, and he's been vocal about his frustration, what's going on, and he had talked about the Buffalo guys saying they want to hashtag send Rule back to school. So, I mean, there's probably a little bit of salt about basically his NFL career being ended now because Matt Rule got rid of him and no other team in the league wants him, but he's also someone who's been around and probably has a pretty good inclination of what's going on in that locker room and the kind of process um, that Matt Rule is trying to uh, put in there, the Carolina, which probably doesn't jive with how some guys believe things should go. So, there's just a couple thoughts there. So, if you want to boo, go ahead, boo, just, you know. Maybe time and place, and also, like, we don't have to act like Philly and Boston to be a true sports town. Like, we already are. So, like, I don't really buy into that kind of behavior dictates what it is. And when you get your message across, get your message across. It's not going to – I don't really – here's the thing. Yeah, you don't have to buy tickets. You don't have to buy merchandise. You don't have to go to the games. People are still going to pay, pay, pay for the PSLs in the fear that they're going to lose them and that someone else will buy them, and the team might be good one day. Um, they're also selling their tickets on StubHub, as we've seen as being a big problem. The vast majority of the money, the NFL owners are getting rich off of the TV money. They're not getting rich off of you going to the games or not. So you can certainly try and show them up and not going to the games. If anything, it's going to be a pride thing, and that would embarrass Tepper by guys, not people not showing up. But Tepper is going to be fine whether you go to the games or not. So that can be a way to send a message. But he's going to make the decision whether he wants to or not, fire rule or keep rule. And chanting at the Hornets game, Maybe that gets his attention, but I don't think that's going to be why David Tepper decides to move on from Matt Rule. But if fans want to claim that as a victory, if they do, if he does do that, then go ahead. Claim your false victory. All right. Going to take a quick pause. Then on the other side, going to answer some of your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on Locked on Panthers. It's a new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If you're all about getting fit this year or eating healthier, make sure to include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, but maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like chemical spill, you want to eat healthy, but it's just so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, you're in luck. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and it's good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
Hey, Panther fans, this is Julian Council with Incredible App. Everyone who buys gas needs to know about It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back by using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get the 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to three hundred dollars a month in cash back and there's no catch the cash back gets added right to your account you can cash out anytime in your bank account paypal or e-gift card for amazon and other brands just download the free get upside app and use promo code touchdown to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank that's promo code touchdown All right, I've already wasted enough of your time. Let me answer your questions now. Let's go to Randy first. Hey, Julian, love the pod. Love you, Randy. Thank you. Question for the mailbag. With this quarterback draft class and Rodgers slash Wilson looking more unlikely by the day, I'm about to be all aboard the Trubisky train. How realistic and good of an idea is snagging Trubiscuits? The funny thing is I told someone, and maybe I've said it on here, that if the Carolina Panthers wanted to go get a failed quarterback, I'll put that in quotes, um, failed quarterback who was a formerly in a top three overall, who then was basically given up on by his original franchise. Mitch Trubisky was that guy who's now the backup in Buffalo behind Josh Allen. Matt Nagy is going to lose his job. So clearly that guy doesn't know what he's doing. And Trubisky, who was his quarterback for three years, two of those three years, took him to the playoffs and was a pro bowler. Sam Darnold sucked for three years in New York and sucks again here in Carolina. And I'm sorry for using suck, but he's really bad. So Trubisky would have made sense, but a rather retread quarterback after they just did one of those in the reclamation project. No, thank you. I think there's better options, and I love Mitch Trubisky as a Carolina guy, but I'm good. Um, Mike. Hey, Julian. Hey, Mike. Locked on Panthers is always great, even with the results. Thank you. Um, I think it would be really dangerous to get rid of Rule without having a better option in mind. Which head coach that we could get is a significant improvement. I'd rather stick with that than twist an arm. Okay. Um, oh, I'd rather stick with that than twist at the moment. Okay, I don't really know what that says. Um, either way, yeah, that's the thing. People, like, say fire rule, but they never really say then hire who. Like, I know, like, hire, like, Peterson is not, like, the, the best chant. Hire Peterson. Like, I guess you could start doing that. Um, yeah, Doug Peterson's a Super Bowl winning head coach. So, yeah, if he's available and he's willing and able, I would do that if – Jim Harbaugh, who I rather stay at Michigan because I just am so partial to guys coaching at their alma mater, and I like what he's building there, and he finally stuck it to all the haters this year, and I was a believer in Harbaugh. I think he'd be excellent here. The only thing is, like, you know, he kind of is a prickly figure, and the guys in San Francisco who played under him, like, hate him after four years. So how's that going to work here um, with the Panthers? But we know he he can win. That's the thing. We know he's a winner. So uh, so I'd like, I'd go with Harbaugh. Um, hell, like, Byron Leftwich, it's a crapshoot. I don't know. I, Todd Bowles, I'd give him another chance. Dan Quinn, I'd give him another chance after what he's done with the Cowboys defense. He's taken a team to the Super Bowl before. Like, I would want a former, and I'm going to want a guy who has NFL co- coaching experience. Like, that's what I would want. Like, Doug Peterson, I'd be all over that. If that's who they're going to get if they fire a rule, but I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately, in terms of like firing rule part, not like Doug Peterson coming to Carolina, because they can get Doug Peterson all over it. Two from Alex this week. Uh, this week. He um, sent me a tweet from Joe Person just about uh, Hassan Reddick talking about how he'd love to be back here in Carolina if it's right. Um, he said you got to give him the bag right. Absolutely, if you can. 
Uh, I cannot believe he was not a pro bowler. Like he got snubbed. He should have been one at least over Burns. And I don't want to take anything away from Brian Burns. who's had a fantastic season. Uh, looks like Reddick is going to beat him for that golf cart. Uh, Burns is two sacks behind him. But both of those guys have been really good. And Brian Burns um, said it on Wednesday that he doesn't think that those two guys have, or maybe it was Monday, whenever they, whenever he last talked, that those two guys haven't reached their full potential at least, you know, this season working together. They think in years to come, they could definitely reach that. And I would love to have both those guys coming off the edge for the next four or five years if possible. So absolutely, um, if it fits with the salary cap, bring back Hassan Reddick. He should be a priority. Um, And then Alex also sent this to me, a quarterback question. Bleacher Report is saying Baker Mayfield is unhappy with play calling and may request a trade. He has shown enough to warrant interest for the has he shown enough to warrant interest from the Panthers yeah Baker also quote tweeted uh, Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com who the actual report was from uh, Bleacher Report likes to aggregate stuff where they don't report their own stuff they just take what's being reported and put in their own articles but they do at least in the article say where it comes from that's aggregation it's complete crock of journalism I put that in quotes as someone who has a journalism degree and knows that's bull um, but yeah Baker's like that's not true him and Stefanski work well together I don't understand why Cleveland would give up on Baker Mayfield. I've been a guy who's loved Baker Mayfield from the first time I ever saw him as a walk-on freshman quarterback at Texas Tech on that Friday night against SMU where he threw for 500 yards. I was in Midtown Atlanta at some pizza place with my buddy, and I remember watching that game. I was like, that guy's got it. And Kingsbury's like, I don't want him after he got injured. He decided he wanted Davis Webb instead, who ended up being a pro quarterback, but not as good as Baker Mayfield. Baker goes to Oklahoma where he really wanted to go to his dream school, wins the Heisman. He was awesome. I've always been a fan of Baker Mayfield. I've never doubted that kid. I'm not going to start doubting him now. So if Clee wants to get up, give up on him, like, sure, I'll take him. I'll take Baker Mayfield because I don't see that as a reclamation project. Like, that guy has been battling through a, a left shoulder injury, his non-throwing shoulder. He has a torn labrum all season long. Like, he's shown toughness. And, yeah, he's going to be better. Absolutely, Baker Mayfield needs to be better. Has he lived up to the building of being the number one pick? He's not better than Josh Allen right now. He's not better than Lamar Jackson, who are in the same draft class. That's true. But he's not a bust by any measure. And the Cleveland Browns are going to sit here and talk about Baker Mayfield's not good enough for them. Have you seen the quarterback play over the last 20 years in Cleveland? You're going to tell me Baker Mayfield ain't good enough for the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, I'll take Baker Mayfield. Absolutely. He's better than the guys that we got right now. And all due respect to Cam Newton, obviously. But he's definitely better than Darnold. Newton's just not in Carolina's plans anyway. So there's no even point in trying to act like Cam's coming back so yeah I'll take Baker Mayfield all right one more before I gotta take a quick break and I'll answer the rest of your questions um Ken who God bless Ken he doesn't get to watch the games but he said finally got to watch a game this week stupid work getting in the way and I have a mailbag question um am I the only one that's weirded out about coach rules hesitancy to publicly criticize 14's bad play which is Sam Darnold we're we doing the whole uh to hear Whitehead only call him by his uh, name we called Whitehead 52 all last year but um he said am I the only one who's weird about weirded out about coach rules hesitancy to publicly criticize Sam Darnold's bad gameplay um he was full-throated Full throttle, excuse me, <laughs> in a great de- and in great detail on Cam BP's miscues in pretty much every position group during the season. Do you think 14 is that fragile or is his coach trying to sell himself to the organization on Sorry Sam? Love the show. You voice our opinions so brilliantly throughout the ups and downs of the season. Thanks, Ken. Um, yeah, I don't get it. I, I honestly, I felt this since day one that they've been so concerned about Sam Darnold's like fragile ego and the fact that you have to worry about the confidence of a grown ass man is so sad. Like, they're so worried about his ego and that they can't say anything bad about him. It's gone back to mandatory minicamp where he's not connecting with receivers, throwing picks, and he's like, oh, he's, Sam doesn't have to worry about being leader. We're going to just, you know, be, you know, take time. Let Sam just, you know, settle into the offense. It's been the whole 
all year. We never hear any criticism about Sam Darnold, but Cam Newton, yeah, the quarterback can't have these catastrophic mistakes and yada, 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 the O-line, he, everything else, the defense. He'll, he's never said a cross word about Sam Darnold. It makes no sense to me, but I really think he's trying to protect Sam Darnold's confidence, and if Sam Darnold needs his confidence protected like that, then he probably shouldn't be starting the NFL. Also, his play says the same because he's not a starting caliber quarterback in this league, and, well, soon enough, good riddance, but soon enough won't be for another year so. There's that. All right, quick pause and more of your questions here after this message from our friends over at Bet Online, which is wishing you a happy betting new year, which, by the way, they're too late. Larry David, Curb Your Enthusiasm, said you have three days. If you say happy new year starting on January 4th, you're too late. Don't do it. Don't say happy new year to me in betting online. Bet Online, though, which I love, you know, they continue to be the place to go as the NFL. Starts out the playoffs next weekend and beyond. BetOnline.ag remains the number one spot for all the sports wagering action in 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From the NFL, college football, college basketball, the NBA, the NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to wager in all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Ethan has a question. He says, hey, Julian, not to overreact or look to the draft too early on. With Brady Christensen looking solid at tackle so far, does quarterback overtake picking tackle in the first round this year? No, they need to get an offensive lineman. Now, here's the thing. Free agency is going to dictate how they go about the draft. That's the way it should go. And free agency certainly dictated that last year where they addressed some addressed some needs, like at linebacker, which with Perriman, who didn't stay, unfortunately, and like Hassan Reddick. Um, so that will take precedence first as far as he – free agency then once we get to april and after free agency period then we'll know what exactly they're trying to do they might try to get a veteran at left tackle or a veteran at center or guard and whatever and then they'll go into the draft but they need to draft another offensive lineman and at this point in time you can look at it christensen plays well again on um sunday against tampa he's gonna be a starter next year where he starts at that's the question we have two starters already on the roster in christensen and Moten. Maybe Deontay Brown, who spoke to the media on Thursday, maybe he's ready to be a starter next year, who's gotten down to 330 in weight, and he feels good at his weight right now. And hopefully it's going to be, as he said, it's going to be a process for him. It's not going to just be something that ends when the season ends or starts when the season begins or whatever like that. He said it's going to be a year-long process of him maintaining the proper weight for him to play at. And he feels comfortable where he's at right now. So hopefully he can be successful in that and can be a player the Panthers can utilize and depend on next year. Um, so... We'll see. I think they at least have two guys, possibly three on the roster, and then we'll see what they do with Elf Line. I don't I'm not really buying that though. All right. Eric says this in uh 
quotes, process is very reminiscent of the 76ers dumpster fire of a process. I know the current situation from owner to players is bleak, but in an effort to start the year on a positive note, can you offer a few things the Panthers can be happy about, even the little things like finding a kicker? Look, yeah, the kicker situation with Zane Gonzalez is awesome this year. The defense is fantastic. Um, yeah, they need to be better at getting takeaways. They brought that up. Phil Snow's brought that up. They need to be better against the run. Maybe getting, maybe if they had Perryman this year, that might have helped with the run. Because Jermaine Carter Jr. just is not a starting linebacker in the National Football League. But you get another linebacker there next to Shaq, and that might help them out. And maybe get some more girth there on the defensive line, at least one more guy, and they could be fine moving forward. And maybe even there was some talk from Phil Snow that they might move Jeremy Chin back to linebacker. I don't know if that's the right decision, but in, after Snow said at his rookie year that long term he feels like he's a safety, we'll see. I'm sure they'll find a proper position for him. Chin's going to make players no matter where he's at um, on this defense. So the defense has been really good. Uh, DJ Moore's still a great player. Christian McCaffrey went healthy. And I, I think back to Thomas Davis. Had, what, two, three ACL tears? And you would think that guy's never going to bounce back. And what he he bounced back and never had a significant injury outside of the, break, the broken arm that he played in the Super Bowl with. His arm was stitched up like a football. Like, McCaffrey can still come back here and be a really good player for the, the, for the Carolina Panthers. It just stinks that he hasn't been healthy the last two seasons. Does not mean he's never going to be healthy again. And I certainly have to manage his snaps. I know people just gasp when I said manage his snaps, but it's reality. They're going to have to do that. But he can be a really good player for this team moving forward. So there are some positives. And also, the 76ers were intentionally trying to lose. Carolina Panthers, unfortunately, are not intentionally trying to lose with their process. Um, and he's not saying trust the process. He's just, you know, talking about the brand that he wants to build and all that kind of stuff. But the brands already keep pounding, so I don't really know what, exactly what the brand he's trying to bring in is. Anyways, uh, Justin. Hey, Julian. Hey, Justin. Here's a question for the pod. What are, the expect- what are your expectations for year three of rule if rule stays? I'm not expecting much. I'm actually expecting eight wins at the very most and no playoffs again. I expect this team to be a playoff team next year. I know that's crazy, right? If they get rid of Matt Rule, whoever comes in, they need this should be a playoff team next year. There's too much talent defensively. There's too much talent. I mean, really, the, the two areas they got to fix. Like they could have been a playoff team if they could have fixed maybe one of these two areas: quarterback or offensive line. Like if they get better offensive line play, and they can get also more continuity and stay healthy for once on the O line. Because the last couple of years, even when they've been bad, they have not been healthy. If they can fix the offensive line. They can and you can find a competent quarterback. Like if you fix the offense line and like put in Jimmy Garoppolo, this is a playoff team next year. Those are my expectations. That's been my expectations since Rule took over. Because I looked at his track record. Suck first year, get better second year, third year, breakthrough, playoffs. That's my expectation. Matt Rule, Doug Peterson, whoever is the head coach here in Carolina next year. That should be a playoff team. The roster's not that bad. And they keep telling us that they're close. Okay, well, if you're close, then this team should be a playoff team next year. That's my expectations, playoffs. Playoffs are bust either way, but I expect them to be a playoff team. Because that's why my 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 expectation coming of the year was eight wins. Because it's like, well, the O-line's not great, quarterback's not great, not great. But I felt like Darnold would be better than he was this year. I didn't think he was going to be unplayable. I didn't, like, I knew he was bad, but good God, I didn't know he was this bad. So, yeah, that's my expectations. All right, Mark, this isn't really a question. He just said, well, at least our Cardiac Cats secured a top 10 pick. Not what we wanted, but silver linings. Happy New Year. Hope you and your family are well. They are. And he also sent that to me before um, January 3rd. So that that counts. Thank you, Mark. And that's the one sad thing about it is we're here early January, but also in December, we're always like sitting here hoping that the Panthers don't win a game against the Saints like they did on Sunday and ruin their draft pick. Like I'm so sick of 
celebrating top 10 picks because that's gotten them so far over the last couple years. All right, Steve. Happy New Year, Julian. Steve also sent this to me before the cutoff. Um, defense looked good today. So very hard to watch our offense struggle. Are the reporters' questions vetted before they ask? They seem to be pitching softballs at rule most days. He's only going to answer so much post game anyway. He always defers to, I need to see the film. If you want to get really any sort of actual answers from Matt Rule, you're going to get that on Monday at noon when he has his day after press conference. Um, but no, they don't vet the questions. This isn't communist Russia. Uh, they, they, we have a free press, which is able to ask whatever they want. Now, if they vet the questions, that, that's what we call public relations. So that answers your question, I hope. Um, Tony, which six do you prefer? Six win of the season or six spot in the draft with a loss? Um, he asked me that during a Saints game, but I can also answer that for this upcoming Bucks game. They're not going to beat Tampa Bay, so I'm not really worried about it. I would prefer that they win because I always want them to win over a draft spot. But, like, I guess it's probably best that they don't win and then they have as high as a pick as they can. Like, I was looking at it, I think the highest they can get is only fifth just based off of tiebreakers and win percentage and, all, and like, strength of schedule and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I prefer they get the sixth win, but I'm also cool with them finishing sixth overall in the draft. That's fine with me. Also, I'd love just to be able to, you know, get another pick in the top 100. That would be nice. All right, final question of this week's episode and show. Um, David said, so a prediction for today, which that's something he sent to me during the game, he said predicting the D plays lights out, which they did, and Sammy D probably goes out with an injury, which he didn't, but he's, he was terrible. He said, question, a lot of fans have read the article that Tepper is very unhappy and bears of rule and a decision to hire. As much as we all have come to grips with moving, having him for another year, not all of us have done that, by the way, David. A lot of people are still, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, chanting at Hornets games, fire rule. Um, does he really have a chance after reading that article? I'm of the opinion that David Tepper should not be surprised by anything that he read in that article, especially like if he's embarrassed. Like, it's funny to me that he's unhappy and embarrassed. Like the dude who bitted, and I said this on Sunday, he bitted against himself. Well, against the Giants to pluck Matt Rule from them and bring him here. And then you know, the quotes about how he dresses like me like crap and he is a short order cook. I used to be a short order cook. And like he basically looks at him as another PA guy and he wanted to hire him. And look, in all businesses across the country, in probably the world, people hire people that are like them. That's why they always do the diversity training and try to get people to hire people unlike them so they can get different thoughts going, you know, in your business, which can be more successful. But still, he hired a guy who he liked and who he was able to mesh with. And this is someone you have to work with day in and day out. So I understand that. I just, you know, didn't really love the optics of that quote. And it looks far worse now that Matt Rule has not played well or has not performed well as their head coach, at least not to a point where we've seen the results. Maybe we'll see the results next year and we better damn well or else he's gone. But Tepper shouldn't be surprised by any of the things that he read. He should know about that if he's really paying attention to the pulse of his organization. That's just how I feel. So, no, an article talking about, you know, whether the Panthers organization's true meritocracy because of all the Baylor and Temple guys who wouldn't even be on a roster anywhere else are getting signed or because of, you know, Matt Rule not liking guys signing autographs before the game starting and having an issue with that and trying to micromanage and all that kind of stuff. Like none of that should be news to David Tepper. If he's really doing his job and paying attention as an owner, like yes, hire people, let them do their jobs, but also be aware of what's going on in your organization. I, I feel like David Tepper was not surprised by anything that he read. And if he was surprised by anything that he read, maybe he should evaluate how he's managing and operating this Carolina Panthers organization. 
All right, that's all we have for this week. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Locked on Panthers, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Make sure, again, to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify, Odyssey, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and all those other great podcasting platforms out there. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. So next Friday, you can be a our participant Excuse me, on the weekly Friday mailbag. You can either at me or DM me on Twitter. But again, make sure to first follow me on Twitter. One more game this season, then we're free. I really wish we didn't have to root for the Panthers season to end so that people could get their sanity back because Panthers Twitter is hell and y'all are miserable all the freaking time. But maybe we can have a fun game on Sunday. But that will probably also have people upset if the Panthers actually win. So maybe they can have fun and lose at the same time if that's what's the best result for the masses. I don't know. Until then, take care. Have a safe weekend. I'll talk to you all on Sunday night. Goodbye. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.